Shaken, everybody. You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the show that is usually the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Evan Peterson, reunited, and it feels so good. Right, Caleb? It does. It's a good feeling. (laughs) Christian Randall, the very cold. And Caleb Anderton, Rocky McRockerton, the Earthbender. Just kidding, that's not my name. It is now. No, we haven't even started the session yet, and we've already got a nickname for a character. <laughs> but yeah, we are recording our final Avatar Legends one-shot in preparation for our full campaign. This is going to take place in Avatar Aang's era. Oh, yeah. I thought it was pronounced uh, Avatar Ong. No, don't so even. So we're going to need to get a new character right now. Uh, let me call up Thomas or something. Thing, see if he's available. Yeah, new player. <laughs> <laughs> nah. So, yeah, let's go ahead and start getting into this story then. Not yet two years have elapsed since the passing of Sozin's Comet. A short enough time for the memories of the Hundred Year War to still be fresh, but a long enough time for the world to begin moving on and rebuilding. As part of the rebuilding, Avatar Aang has established the Air Acolytes, a group of restorationists tasked with preserving and rebuilding air nomad culture. From humble beginnings as a simple fan club, the Air Acolytes now journey across the four nations, seeking the lost and forgotten aspects of their Avatar's heritage. On just such a mission, we find three Air Acolytes approaching the Western Air Temple to assess damages. According to Avatar Aang, he and his companions had been laying low there when they were attacked by a man with a metal arm and leg who could fire pure explosive energy from his mind. But fortunately, this assassin was stopped by a well-placed boomerang thrown by the personal idol of the first of our characters. Pan Chen, could you introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, if you look at uh, Pan Chen, you're going to see someone who is maybe a little bit uh, younger than you might expect to be on a mission like this. But um, his father has a well standing in the Earth Kingdom military, even though he once had sort of a rough encounter, uh, might be an understatement with the Avatar where he tried to force him into the Avatar state multiple times. Uh, he still holds his position and uh, has a little bit of sway and pull and was able to uh, get me this position with Avatar Aang, you know, leading up such a force as this. Leading kind of symbolically, there isn't a ton of seniority or here, but I'm kind of heading out with uh, a group of Earth Kingdom builders that have been kind of associated with me, and uh, I'm a little bit younger, I'm a little lean, I uh, have been through some military training myself, so I'm in good shape. But generally, if you look at me, you're going to see short brown hair, just traditional Earth Kingdom garb. And I usually am kind of like holding a few little pebbles in one hand, just kind of one-handed juggling them or fiddling. I'm a little like ADHD, you might say, just kind of constantly fiddling with someone or a little twitchy. But uh, if you took Milo and Bo Lin from Korra and just combined them and found something like exactly in the middle of those two characters, that's kind of what I'm picturing in my mind for my character. Right, I like it. It's a powerful image. (laughs) It is. And so you are playing the successor, which gives you an interesting ability that you get some servants or muscle that you can bring along with you. Right. And that's uh, this uh, group of builders we've got here to help us hopefully rebuild some of the wreckage at this temple. Yeah. And so those builders that you have with you, first is Los. He is a very burly earthbender who has a lot of building and construction experience. You've got Seiki, who is also an earthbender, but she's a bit more of an archaeologist type than just a builder. And the third builder that you've brought along with you is our second player, Shen. Caleb, could you introduce Shen to us? Uh, yes, hello. Um, my name is Shen, but um, everybody just calls me Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you were to look at Rocky, he is just a boulder of a man standing at about six foot five or so, and then almost as wide as he is tall. Just very blocky and square, but not like in a harsh way. He's kind of a teddy bear, kind of uh, smooth around the edges, kind of nondescript, short hair, kind of a light brown. 
big old hands that are just the hands of a builder. He specializes in building and repairing walls and architecture and has done so for a long time and is very excited to be here at this temple. Right on. You are playing the idealist and you've got a lot of that idealistic energy behind trying to restore this temple here. That's right. And then the final member of our party, well, I guess final two members technically, a bit of a fish out of the water here, or rather a waterbender out of the earthbenders. <laughs> Christian, could you introduce Amaruk to us? Yeah, so Amaruk actually met the gang when they were up north in the water tribe doing their first training there. He trained alongside Katara and Aang. Um, didn't obviously have much time to interact. They weren't there for too long, but got to know him and ended up coming down here to the Earth Kingdom after everything settled down to kind of see how, how I could help out. I did come along with my good friend, Natic, who is a puffer seal, just this round little ball of fur with a cute little squishy face. Uh, he sometimes does get excited and will whomp, like puff up into a little rounder ball. <laughs> but yeah, together with Natic, I've uh, come down here to see how I can help out the Avatar since I, since I got to meet him that one time and I was so excited about it. So yes, Amaruk, you being the bold, you get to have this little companion along with you. And I like that you basically just made Sfeel your animal companion. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> one of these days we'll do something Pokemon related. Christian and I could be friends for a million years and I would never get any of his Pokemon references if someone else wasn't there to point them out to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are approaching the edge of this cliff. There's a big ravine down beneath you. And as you start getting closer, the earthbenders among you, you start to, you know, as Toph did, kind of send out the vibrations and you start to feel this massive upside down structure beneath you, the Western Air Temple on the underside of the cliff. I'm just going to kind of walk towards the edge of the cliff and kind of like bring up the rocks to enclose my feet with each step and just start walking off the edge of the cliff into the underside to go check it out. Whoa. Very nice. Yeah, I'm not going to make you roll to rely on your skills and training because if you fail, then I don't want to deal with the consequences of that. <laughs> um, so we'll say that you've practiced this enough that you're able to just kind of like, it's almost like you got those suction cup boots that every kid wishes they had as your just ridiculously toned calf muscles are helping to keep you sort of upright as you're going down the cliff face. Uh, be, be careful. Please, don't don't fall. All right? I'm all right. Come on, Rocky, get off my back. Uh, all, all right. And then after going off the edge a little bit, my head pokes back up and I go, aren't you coming? Yeah, let's go. I, I can't exactly do that, but I think this might work. I'm going to grab Natik under my arm and I'm just going to jump off the edge and tickle him so he goes, oh. And then I'm just going to kind of float down on him as he goes. Thump, thump, thump. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you've got this buoyant sort of balloon that you're riding down on. Um, I will look at the other two earthbenders next to me and say, all right, let's be careful. Nobody fall. We're uh, going to do this carefully and sort of just make some stairs to get down there carefully. Yeah, so you start pulling out some stairs, Seiki's following behind you, and Los just like stamps on the ground and digs himself straight down through so he doesn't have to worry about falling off the cliff. And eventually you all make it to the underside of the cliff where the Western Air Temple is hanging down. And you find yourselves at kind of this central platform area that juts out from the wall further than the other pagodas. And you can see there's a lot of damage that has been sustained here. There's a trickle of water that's coming down from the ceiling into what you can assume used to be a fountain of sorts, uh, but it's been very damaged. A lot of the pieces have been blown away. But as you get down to this surface, Pan Chen especially, you start thinking of like, this must be where Sokka stood when he threw the boomerang to hit Sparky Sparky Boom Man in the forehead when he was up over there. And all these moments that you've heard about just kind of come flooding into your mind. Oh, guys, this is so cool. Watch. Let's see. Let's see if I can do this. And I reach down and I make a boomerang out of the ground. And I like look up where he threw it. And I try and recreate the throw and throw it up to about where I think he probably was. All right. Roll to rely on your skills and training. That's going to be a seven. All right. So you do it, but imperfectly. Um, you take the boomerang and you toss it and it goes flying on this beautiful arc up towards that place where you imagine Combustion Man had been standing and it strikes into the broken area where like the building he'd been standing on fell away and as it hits you're like oh yeah perfect hit 
and some of the rubble breaks off further, and like another section of the building goes falling down into the ravine. Uh, I just look at it for a second, and then I look at whoever's standing closest and be like, well, I'm still working on making good boomerangs. They're really hard to get the shape right, so. And Los comes and he smacks you on the shoulder in kind of a friendly way, and he's like, don't worry about it, kid. These explosions make the place very unstable. I'm sure it was going to fall down anyway. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, I guess, um, well, I guess we'll just be more careful. And then I'm going to go keep exploring. I'm going to I'm gonna specifically go try and see if I can find any remnants of, like, where they made camp to stay for the night. All right, yeah. You walk into the area that's just behind those kind of front shutters, and you can see some remnants of, like, campfires that had been built on the stone. And as you're looking around, you hear a noise coming from, like, the ceiling of the temple, and you see a couple rocks fall down onto the ground. Oh, boy. Can I, you know, obviously not to the same level, but can I try and sort of, after I assume she's kind of an icon now, earthbenders everywhere probably trying to recreate Toph's ability to see through the earth, and can I see if I can just, like, sense a presence at all, just, like, through the walls and floors? Obviously, I wouldn't be as uh, keen on exactly what it is, but just see if there's, like, something alive up there or something moving. Yeah, roll to rely on your skills and training once more. It's going to be a six. Mm, yeah, you're like, okay, Toph did this, I can do this, but you spent a bit more time studying Sokka than you have Toph, <laughs> so you, like, try and send out the vibrations to see what's going on, um, but you're not getting too much, like, with your feet, but, like, as you look at where the rocks fell and kind of scan with your eyes upward, you can see there's, like, this tall doorway that leads further into the temple, and there's what appears to be a large earthenware pot that's kind of peeking around the upper arch of the doorway is the best way that you might be able to describe it. I'm gonna like lean down and put my hand on the ground and sort of draw up a sword out of the earth. For anyone listening who wants to visualize, if you've seen Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, they do this type of thing a lot. And it's kind of what I'm picturing, where as I sort of pull it up, it leaves like a little crater where the dust and rock that I used to make the sword were drawn from. And I pull up a sword and I just kind of shout up, uh, is anyone there? And the pot kind of moves a little bit. So the mouth of the pot is like pointing straight towards you. And you hear a voice kind of, it's the way that it reaches your senses is a little strange. Uh, I don't know if any of you have used those like bone conduction headphones oh. where it sends the vibrations directly into the cochlea from outside the head. Yeah. It's kind of that sort of sensation. The pot begins to like vibrate almost like a resonance chamber. And you hear this voice coming in. It's like, you are not who I thought you would be. And you can see the pot begins to move and climbing over that top arch of the doorway, this upside down humanoid creature like made out of rubble steps onto the ceiling inside the room where you are. And it's looking down at you with the mouth of that pot and you can see its arms and legs are just comprised out of like bits of rubble. And the bulk of its torso is the stone head that is missing from one of the statues of Avatar Ying Chen that were damaged when this place was attacked. And this rock-like creature looks down at you and says, I have not seen any people here since I have arrived. <laughs> and I'm going to turn and sprint directly out of the room, right back towards my party. While he was gone, I had been spending the whole time practicing standing on my head to try and get a better view of this place. <laughs> and when I hear the screaming, I'm going to start walking on my hands slash running towards the screaming. I also uh, was checking out some of the damage done to the walls, assessing what needed to be repaired. And, and I hear this and just come lumbering forward and... <laughs> I'd like to catch Panchen here and, like, just envelop him in a big hug and say, it's okay, it's all right, like, stroking his hair. <sighs> What's going on? There's Where is it? There's a monster. There's a rock monster. All right. It's going to be okay. We're going to go figure it out. It's all right, buddy. <laughs> it was a rock monster. I'll calm him down and then go to where he's indicated this rock monster is. Yeah, and you peer into this entry room as well, and you are looking around, and you don't see anything on the ground, but you hear 
these kind of thudding noises up against the ceiling, and you look and see, oh, that's where the head of that statue went that I was just looking for. <laughs> uh, as it is this animated rock creature that looks down and sees you, and he goes, oh, there are more of you. Um, I, I feel a strange brotherhood with you. Um, I'm not sure why or how, but, uh, um, yes, we, we are here to repair. I am Rocky. Um, wh what's your name, my friend? I am known as Qua. I am a spirit of the earth. And if you are here to repair, then perhaps our goals are more in alignment than I had thought. That is wonderful, Qua. H have you been here long? We just got here. Ah, yes. I am a native of the spirit world myself, and I am unfortunately a bit of an outcast there. There are not many places where a person like myself can comfortably live. I have to stick to the undersides of caverns, the canopies of trees. I am the upside-down spirit. I have been made fun of by most of the other spirits, unfortunately, for this, but Avatar Yang Chen, when she came to visit, was very kind to me. And so, when I heard that this temple, her birthplace, had been so greatly damaged, I thought it only fitting that I should come and offer some services to one who had been so kind to me in the past. And timidly from the doorway you hear, So you're not gonna kill us? And if you look back, you see I've been hiding, peeking around the corner, watching. And he looks down at you and goes, <laughs> I have not killed a thing in my life. I am not a spirit of violence, but one of peace. By this time, I've finally come in walking on my hands, and every now and then I'll get a pebble stuck under my palm and go, ow, ow, and then keep walking. But I'm still upside down, and when I walk in, I'm going to look, I guess from my perspective, down at this uh, creature. Is the face of the statue, is it upside down or is it right side up? Yeah, so the face of the statue, if in orientation to like, Okay, if, if the creature were standing upright in front of you, then the head would be upright as well. So, like, the pot is resting on the top of Yang Chen's head, and the legs are coming down from the neck. We're in a temple that's built upside down on the bottom of a cliff, meeting a monster who's walking on the ceiling while you're standing on your hands on the floor. The levels of orientation we're having to figure out here. <laughs> <laughs> and Qua looks down at you, and he notices that you're walking on your hands and says, Oh, would you like to come and join me? Oh, well, yeah, I'd be happy to come and join you. Um, let me see if I can't figure out a way to get down there with you. <laughs> and he says, Oh, that's not a worry. And he stomps on the ceiling, and a pillar of stone comes out so that it's just contacting the soles of your feet. And you hear the pot begin to kind of thrum a little bit. And in the blink of an eye, suddenly you find yourself standing firmly on this stone pillar as your gravity has been changed to match Quas. Oh my goodness, I want to try something really quick. I want to reach like above me and grab three little pebbles and I want to try and juggle. <laughs> like, am I juggling towards my feet or towards my head? <laughs> uh, I'll say roll to push your luck on this one. <laughs> okay, um, and I'm going to have Natic help me. He's just kind of like still next to me, kind of bloated because whenever I tickle him, he gets excited and turns into that little ball. Um, so I'm going to have him using his little seal nose help me keep him in the air. So I'm going to roll with creativity instead of passion. All right. Panchen, you and I are just down here on the floor watching two people standing on the ceiling, and one of them's trying to juggle. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that is a 10. 10, all right. So, yeah, it takes a while to kind of get used to the change in the orientation of gravity, but you're like tossing these rocks towards your feet and then grabbing them in the palms of your hands. And it's like, it's the strangest thing, like Panchen and Shen, as you're looking up at him, just like weird spirit stuff going on yeah this upside down spirit is a stranger thing <laughs> oh my gosh so i'm gonna look at rocky and be like sorry man i don't want to feel left out and i'm gonna bring two pillars down out of the ceiling lay down on the ground and put my feet against them and lock them in with rocks and then raise them back up into the ceiling so i'm standing up there with the other two and qua looks at you and says Ah, you can join us too. And once again, you hear that resonance from the pot. And in the blink of an eye, your gravity has been altered now so that you're standing on the ceiling. Oh, no. Uh, uh, that can be undone, right? I'm not sure. Uh... <laughs> oh, of course you. And he comes up to you and he kind of pats you on the shoulder with this massive rock. And he goes, you worry too much, little right side upper. 
Don't worry, Quad's going to take care of you here. You're right, I need to be more brave. I need to be more brave if I'm going to be out here doing big things like this. Rocky's feeling very jealous from the floor. <laughs> uh, uh, guys, I, I really, I, I'm coming too. And I'm going to create a pillar from the floor where I am lifting me up to their height. So I'm not all the way reversed yet or anything, but I, I'm about at head level with all of them. And Qua comes and stands like from his perspective beneath you and holds out his stone arms and he reverses your grab and you kind of fall into his arms and he sets you down on the ceiling. <laughs> wow, that was a trip. I'm glad I didn't fall and wow, thank you, Qua. No problem. I have not had visitors. Well, I have not had pleasant visitors the entire time I have been here, but perhaps you would like to see the giant pie show table or maybe the all-day echo chamber? Oh my goodness. All of those things sound so cool. Um, We do have a couple more friends and also my puffer seal. He can't float forever. Could you help them out? I don't want to leave them behind and get them scared, you know? Ah, uh, certainly, certainly. And he goes over to where Los and Seiki have been kind of peering in. And he says, don't worry, you can join us too. And he does the pillar thing similar to what he did with you. And he brings them onto the ceiling and he just reverses Natic's gravity and he just kind of falls slowly towards you. <laughs> I, I was just picturing his little puffer ball floating in the air, just like rotating. And that's the only difference. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. So yeah, you're all dancing on the ceiling now. <laughs> wow. Um, You mentioned an all day echo chamber. Would you guys be, I mean, I don't know. I know you guys need to fix things. I'm more here to keep everybody safe, which I will do, I promise. But that chamber sounds really cool. Ah, yes, certainly. Let me show you the way there. And he starts leading you through the air temple. And as you get closer in, you can see that most of the damage to the place was on the outside. As, you know, Sparky Sparky Boom had been blowing stuff up. And there was also that time that Azula came and was throwing bombs at the place. But everything inside, past kind of that front facade area, all of the living chambers are very well preserved, all of the recreation chambers as well and whatnot. And you eventually get to this one very, very large, very resonant chamber. And Qua steps inside, and as his stone foot connects with the stone ceiling, you hear this click just ping across all of the walls. And it takes a really, really long time for it to die down. This is so cool. And as you say that, just this little whisper, even though it's not very loud, it bounces back at you from like five different directions, all at different kind of times. And it just continues going around and around and around the room. So even the whisper was louder? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, and Natic was just barely starting to like go back to his normal state. And as soon as you scream, he just like puffs up again in fear. <laughs> and goes flying up into the air. I think this might be the first time I've ever peaked my audio. <laughs> but yeah, as you do that, Qua puts his stone hands up to the pot and kind of stops it from vibrating. And he's like, Oh, you are a little louder than I expected. Maybe let's go to the giant pie show table instead. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I thought echoes, it would be fun to, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, it, it was fun. It, it was definitely fun. It was just very loud fun. <laughs> I have a question. Mm -hmm. Is the entirety of this air temple legit upside down? So the construction of it is very interesting where like from the outside, it definitely looks like everything's upside down, but the interior rooms are made for like regular people who stand in a regular way. So the ceilings, like they are flat, but they're fairly barren. Um, but like as you're walking through the rooms, you can see on the floor above your heads, there are like beds and whatnot that are down against the ground. Uh, so it's mostly just like blank ceilings that you're walking across. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, always, I thought that was weird, but you know, air nomads still walk on the ground, so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he like leads you into another room and you can see on the floor is the giant pie show table. Before we leave the echo chamber, I'm going to jump up a few times until I can grab onto uh, Natic's tail and I'll pull him down. And as everybody else steps out of the echo chamber, I'm just going to squeeze him like I do sometimes when I need to calm him down. And you know, in my little hug, he deflates and goes 
like a fluffy whoopee cushion like a fluffy whoopee cushion and that as the chamber fades behind us that echo will ring for however long it does <laughs> but yeah he continues leading you along the ceilings of the hallways until you get to the giant pie show table and on the ground it's kind of to scale like a regular chessboard is to the wizard's chessboard in harry potter and the sorcerer's stone as a regular pie show table is to this pie show table. Oh my gosh. Pie show tables are already so big with so many spaces. <laughs> yeah, and you can see off to the side are the tiles and they are made out of stone and Qua reaches down and he picks one up with his earth bending and brings it towards you and says, this was a means to train the young airbenders. And he flips it over and you can see there's a system of channels and pockets on the bottom of each tile. And he says, by injecting air underneath the tile, they could scoot it along. It was a matter of strength and precision to play Pai Show on this table. But for those such as us, it's a little bit easier. It's like air hockey. <laughs> <laughs> if I stand on one, can I, like, ride it around with my own earthbending? Yeah. I'm going to do that. I'm not going to go too crazy, <laughs> but definitely like back and forth a little bit and maybe out onto the table. Well, you are still gravity towards the ceiling. Oh, gosh. So I'm having <laughs> to hold it, glue it to the ceiling. Oh, gosh. Can, can I still do it? Uh, roll to rely on your skills and training. Uh, that's only a five. Mm. So, yeah, you pull it up and you like try and put it on your floor, which is the ceiling. And you're trying to like move it around. And after a while, the analysis paralysis just kind of kicks in. And you're like, this is weird. And <laughs> you just like let it go back down to the table. I'll do it very gently since we're here to not destroy stuff. Mm -hmm. Please. It's going to be very hard to get those pieces of the wall back that fell already. Ah, yes. I have been working on reconstructing this place, but there have been some drawbacks, unfortunately. Like what? What's been difficult? If you need help with any of the fountains, I can help. Yeah, we're here to rebuild it, so... Well, like I said, you have been the only humanoid visitors I have had since I have been here, but there appears to be another spirit in this canyon that has been causing some troubles for me. Oh. I, like, stumble my words for a second and then, like, take a deep breath, and if you could hear my internal monologue, it'd be like, gotta be brave, gotta be brave. What kind of spirits? I'm sure we can handle them. I was expecting you to scream again for that internal monologue. I really <laughs> thought about it. And he says, It is a spirit unlike others that I have seen before. Its corporeal form is a metal claw of sorts. Oh. It only appears when I make particularly loud noises, but when I am trying to move stones around, I often make loud noises that echo throughout the canyon and alert myself to its presence. Y you didn't warn me that loud noises summon an evil spirit? <laughs> and he goes, oh yes, you did make a loud noise. That's how I knew that you were here. And as you're having this conversation, you hear a weird clicking noise coming from the floor beneath you, above you, the floor, the regular floor <laughs> of the temple. And as you look down to where this noise is coming from, you see what appears to be a metal forearm with metal fingers and hand crawling along the ground on the fingers. And the empty socket of the arm, it's like this prosthetic metal arm, turns towards you and you can see this baleful blue glow inside that socket of the arm and Qua says this is where things are going to get very bad <laughs> and you see that glow begin to condense and you see a couple sparks and with a massive boom an explosion shoots towards you and that is where we're going to take a little break oh dear Hey there, Ned here. Got three things for you real quick. First is just a quick shout out to a particular listener, Agent Buck, who every time one of our episodes has been posted up on r slash Avatar Legends RPG, they've always been commenting on those posts and that really lifts my spirits. So I'm glad you're along for the ride and hopefully you will enjoy our upcoming campaign 
which that is item number two, a little bit of a programming note. Like we've been saying, our full-length Avatar campaign is coming at the beginning of 2022. The specific release time is going to be contingent on when the final rulebook is released. In the most recent update, they said that, unfortunately, the physical rewards have been delayed, but they say they're still on track to get the PDFs delivered on time. So, assuming that we are going to get those, then February is going to be when we're going to drop our first episode. But if they do get delayed, then unfortunately, it'll probably be later than that. Just keep your eyes and ears on this channel and on our social media, and you'll be there for our first episode. And thirdly, speaking of 2022, hope you all have a happy new year and that you have good things to look forward to in the upcoming year. Uh, 2021 has been an unprecedentedly wonderful year for all of us here at Improv Tabletop. The response that we've gotten from all of our wonderful fans has been very encouraging. It's gotten us through a lot of difficult times and big transitions. Almost our entire cast has moved since we've started this podcast, some across the entire country. But this podcast has been something consistent that we've been able to come back to that we really enjoy. And it's good to know that so many people out there are enjoying what we're doing here. And we're glad to be able to provide a little bit of joy to you. So that'll do it for our break here. Keep listening for us in the upcoming year. Everybody have a wonderful new year and let's get back to the action. So getting back to this tense situation here, this concussive blast of pure, like, firebending combustion energy comes shooting towards you, and it explodes against the ceiling while you're all standing. So I am going to give him just a smash real quick before we start getting into the exchanges. And so the status that I'm going to put on you guys real quick is stunned. You're all kind of caught off guard, can't act or respond for a few seconds as you start to steady yourselves. And that's enough time for the claw, like it's moving along the floor, but it goes over to the wall and starts climbing up the wall and onto the ceiling to get itself into a more advantageous position to combat you guys. So it is now on the ceiling as well, but it's hanging by the tips of the claws. And so now we're going to get into our first exchange. Would anybody like to defend and maneuver? I would. All right. Anybody advancing and attacking? Okay. And then anybody evading and observing? Yes. I'd like to do that. All right. So defending and maneuvering, we've got Rocky and also Qua. What Qua is going to do is he's going to retaliate so that if the glove tries to do anything against you, he can inflict some fatigue on it. And for Rocky, go ahead and roll with focus to see how many techniques you get. That is a four. Ooh, yeah. So you are just a little bit too taken aback at this point, still a little bit stunned from that explosion before trying to shake the ring out of your ears. And that brings us to advance and attack with the claw. And it is going to try and strike out at Rocky while you're still kind of distracted. So it comes rushing towards you, and instead of like shooting the explosion directly at your face, it leaps from the ceiling and latches onto your face with those metal claws. Oh boy. So that it's hanging off of you now. And he's going to mark one fatigue to force you to take a condition. How are you feeling right now having this metal claw spirit on your face? Oh boy. Um, I, I think I'm feeling a little nervous, potentially scared. All right, so let's have you mark afraid. All right. And that does it for the claw. And that brings us to evade and observe with Amaruk and Penchen. So both of you roll with creativity or harmony and clear one fatigue. That's 12. That's a 13. What? Oh, not to one up you, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nah, both of you get to choose two techniques. What would you like to do? So he sort of complicated my initial idea, but I think I can still pull it off with that good of a roll. Um, my original plan was since he was grabbing onto the ceiling to kind of do like I'd been doing with my own feet and sort of trap him in with a little bit of a rock thing. Now he is on my friend's face, so I'm going to try and, like, extend a pillar out of the ceiling and wrap it around, like, the wrist, um, or maybe, like, the base further up the arm, and trap him in, like, a little bit of a rock cage, not cage, but almost like a handcuff. A handcuff for the arm, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so I, I am bolstering or hindering, and I'm trying to impede him. My goal is with the trapped status. 
Yeah. So you reach out with some rock and you kind of wrap it around there and you have to sort of maneuver it around your friend. But with a roll that good, you're able to kind of latch it around and it's still grasping onto Rocky's face. But now you've got it trapped as well, but it's a bit more firmly trapped. So uh, if it wants to overcome this trapped status, it's going to have to mark a combination of three fatigue or conditions to escape. And what would you like to do for your second technique? Um, I can't really test his balance because I can't ask him a question and have him answer it. So I guess I'm going to commit and I will recenter myself towards, um, I'm torn between tradition and progress and tradition could be the tradition of these air temple and the air people, or it could be like my crappy dad. (laughs) Um, I'm going to move myself one towards tradition to preserve the tradition of the air people. All right. And that is going to bring us now to Amaruk. Which techniques would you like to use? Our minds were in a similar place. I was also going to do bolster or hinder. So as that stone cuff wraps around it, my water skin I keep on my hip will uncork and a flow of water with front shaped kind of like a wolf's face will bite on to the end of the arm that's been shooting out explosions and then freeze in place as a little like wolf grabbing onto the end there. And I'm going to try and impair. All right. That's such a beautiful but unnecessary piece of just theatrics. Because <laughs> like a ball of water would have worked just as well, but you were like, no, nah, I'm going to get the intricacies in here with my water bending to make it look good. <laughs> it's the only way I do. It's all about staying on brand. It's all about branding. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, with, a, with a 12, do I get two? Yep. Okay, then for my second one, I will also commit. I'm going to move one towards confidence. I'm feeling really good about those opening moves. We got really good. Natick is next to me, chirping in my ear supportingly. Right on. Ned, I've got a real quick off-topic question. <laughs> it talks about testing balance, and if you already know their principle, shifting their balance. And it's making me realize, does the base game sort of encourage repeat enemies like the show? Is that kind of something what they're going for there? Because you'll be like, hey, I already know this guy's balance from when we met three months ago in the Water Nation. And now I'm going to say something in the fray of combat to challenge that. Is that kind of what they're going for? Yeah, kind of imitates that idea of like, we meet Azula pretty early on and we fight with her a whole ton of time so we don't actually defeat Azula until the very end. That's pretty cool. I like that a lot. Okay. I love that. That's. I was just wondering, that's really cool Mm -hmm. so that brings us to the top of our next exchange the claw is currently trapped and impaired not a great situation for the claw but we're going to go to the top with defend and maneuver who'd like to defend and maneuver i will all right oh and one thing i should note real quick because claw defended and maneuvered last time to retaliate it's going to be one more fatigue against the claw oh nice and advance and attack. Who would like to do that? Yes, I'm going to advance and attack. I will also advance and attack. All right. So nobody evading and observing. That brings us to defend and maneuver. Qua is once again defending and maneuvering with retaliate. And let's have Pan Chen roll with focus. It's only a five. All right, so that is a miss. Um, one thing that I should uh, mention, though, on a miss that I just remembered... If you do miss, you can still shift your balance one away from center to use a single basic technique if you want to. Ooh. Yeah, I forgot to mention that for Rocky, unfortunately. That's okay. I will do that. All right. Another one towards tradition. Yeah. I look around at the temple around me and all the... I look down at the Pai Show board and I'm like, no, I'm determined. Like, we have to protect this and I'm going to ready myself. All right. Um, And I will prepare myself for it, you know, inevitably probably breaking out of the rocks or breaking out of its ice thing or whatever and ready myself for whatever it throws at me. All right. So you got the prepared status. That brings us now to advance and attack. So let's have Amaruk and Rocky both roll with passion. Amaruk, what do you got? A seven. All right. So you get to choose one. And Rocky, what do you get? I also got a seven. Okay, so you also get to choose one. And the claw also gets one technique. And since it's impaired and trapped, it's going to mark four fatigue so that it can overcome both of those conditions and do a smash. Is it Ooh. Is it still latched onto my face? Uh, currently, yes. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I'm, fine. I'm having like 10 different ideas of what exactly this is going to look like. <laughs> yeah. So as it's got the handcuff around the wrist, it's got the ice wolf around the socket. 
you see that baleful spiritual light once again flash inside and there is once more just kind of this point blank explosion that completely destroys the ice and the stone that you guys had put up to trap it just this big concussive wave that sort of pushes you all outwards and now the ceiling as well like chunks of it start to fall down onto the pie show table and it's this ragged crater that you're all kind of in right now and it is going to impose the impaired status on you guys wow and so having done that big explosive smash as well it has also let go of rocky's face and is now just kind of in the center of the crater skittering around trying to get a sense of where the next attack is going to come from. So that brings us now to Amaruk and Rocky. You each get one technique. What do you guys want to do? So it's, has it fallen down or is it up above still on the ceiling in the crater up here? Um, yeah, that's a good point actually, because the way that the gravity works, it was just hanging on with its claws. So now it is down on the floor up above your heads. Okay. I will take the tag team action. So whatever Rocky takes, I'm going to improve upon that. I always forget about my extra type of attack. Yeah, tag team is really cool. Uh, That means that if Rocky deals any fatigue conditions or balance shifts to the claw, it's going to be doubled because of Amaruk's tag team. Ooh. You see Rocky, usually uh, such a teddy bear and non-confrontational, sees all of this going on and this potentially more destruction coming to this temple that we're here to rebuild. And he is going to reach out to either side of him on the ceiling with his massive builder's hands and wrap the stone around them to form two massive hands of stone even bigger than his own and make a huge clapping motion and clap them together and fling that at the claw so that it gets caught in that clap and he's going to strike. All right. So would you like to mark fatigue to choose the effect or let the claw choose the effect? I will mark one fatigue, which forces the claw to mark two fatigue. All right. As these hands clap together, they catch the claw in between and you hear this metallic crunching noise that is immediately followed by a small combustive burst that shoots the hands against the wall. But as you look down and you see the arm where it was once a completely smooth surface going up the forearm, there are now dents and it's kind of crumpled a little bit. All right. And as my tag team, I'll see these hands go down and clap. And as in that moment when the hands are fully enveloping this metallic arm, I'm going to crouch low on the ceiling and then jump as high as I can towards the ground, my warrior's wolf tail blowing in the breeze. And I'm going to pull again water out of my canteen. And as it explodes and the hands blow to the side, revealing the metallic arm with its dents, in quick succession, these four little wolf paws are just going to stomp on it like pa 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 made of ice. Um, and I will double the amount of fatigue it takes. All right. Wow. So it takes four fatigue in total. And at this point, it has taken 10 fatigue, <laughs> meaning that if it wants to expend any more fatigue, it's going to have to start marking conditions. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to the top of the next exchange. Would anybody like to defend and maneuver? All right. Would anybody like to advance and attack? Evade and observe? Yes. Yep. I will evade and observe. <laughs> wow. How unanimous. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to skip Defend and Maneuver to go to Advance and Attack. Qua's going to Smash as well, but in kind of a restorative manner. Qua is going to smooth over the jagged edges of this crater that you're in to remove the impaired condition from you. And now that is going to bring us to Evade and Observe. So I'm going to need you all to clear one fatigue and then roll with either Creativity or Harmony. And we'll get to your rolls in just a moment because the claw is also evading and observing. It's going to clear one fatigue, but then is going to mark that fatigue to test Pan Chen's balance. It looks up at you and it saw the way that you got like so upset when you noticed that the Pai Show table was starting to get damaged. And there's kind of this metallic chuckling noise almost that you hear resonating from inside the claw. And it points its empty socket in the direction of that pile of pie show tiles. And you see the spark spark boom 
and shattered tiles go flying all over the room. And it is going to shift your balance once more in the direction of tradition. So you are now at plus three tradition, meaning that if you have to shift your balance once more, you are going to lose your balance. What does that mean? If you lose your balance, you obsess over the principle to which you have shifted to a degree that's not healthy for you or anyone around you. You have to choose one of the following. Give in or submit to your opposition, lose control of yourself in a destructive and harmful way, or take an extreme action in line with the principle, then flee. Extreme action in line with the principle. So we'll uh, see what ends up happening if we get to that point. But for now, what did everybody get on their rolls? I got a 10. I got an 8. I got a 6. And I was really planning on shifting one more, but... I'm trying to decide how to interpret an extreme action in line with tradition would be. Mm -hmm. If I flee without reversing my gravity, I'm going to jump off the cliff into the sun. (laughs) There's nowhere to run to. (laughs) Into the sun. (laughs) You could alternatively give in or submit to the claw or lose control of yourself in a destructive and harmful way. So here's my thought of what I had if I could flee. In case the rock around my torso and the arm and then flee with the arm encased in rock strapped to my chest and just get it away from the temple. (laughs) Not destroy it or defeat it necessarily, but strap it to my own chest with the rock around it and then just get it away from the history. I think that would require action against the claw is the thing. Okay. Is there any way that we could take our actions against the claw to make that happen? Yeah, so you don't have to go first necessarily. Um, That makes sense. Like, it makes sense mechanically, but really there's not much you can do when you're losing your balance to actually take out an enemy. I mean, unless you can justify your destructive action being destructive enough. Dude, don't even reverse the gravity. Just grab it and fly into the sun. (laughs) I kind of thought about it. Here's what I'm going to recommend. Let's let the other two take their actions and then see how it goes after that. Okay. So, Amaruk, you get two. Rocky, you get one. Awesome. So the first thing I would like to do is take the ice shards from the four wolf paws, melt them down, and use it as like a geyser to shoot the hand up into the air, using it as a hinder to stun the enemy. Because it's just stuck in the air, it can't really, it's just falling. All right. Um, And then I will commit bringing myself back to center towards loyalty. Um, after seeing what's going on here, I really want to. I'm, I'm here to protect these people. I can't do much as far as rebuilding goes, but I will protect them, and so I'm going to bring it back towards loyalty for one. All right. So, yeah, being up in the air now, if it doesn't have its claws against a surface, it can't move. So it's like trying to get itself out of this geyser here, but being stunned, it's not able to do that. Now, Rocky, what would you like to do? I would like to bolster Panchen. And I'm going to use my earth bending here to launch you into the air toward the claw and give you the favored status. You are buoyed by circumstance. And so that'll be on the next round, right, Ned? Correct. Okay. Then I will not lose my crap this round. All right. Just gonna hold on and wait to see what happens. Cool. Now that brings us to the next exchange. Who would like to defend and maneuver? Who would like to advance and attack? I will advance and attack. Me too. All right. And that leaves... Ned, you just gave me two looks very much like, Evan, you're not advancing and attacking. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You just seemed like you were thinking about it for a second. Well, okay. Here's the thing. Before I guess I waste my move, I'll just be transparent with my DM about what I'm trying to do or if what I want to do is possible. My extra fighting technique, as the uh, successor says... Target a foe's vulnerable equipment. Mark fatigue to render it useless or broken. What about a metallic arm counts as equipment? (laughs) Is it itself a piece of equipment? (laughs) So if it were still on Sparky Sparky Boom Man, then it would be equipment. But currently it is its own entity, essentially. And it has no equipment? Yeah. Okay. Then I will advance an attack, probably. All right. We're going to start then with defend and maneuver. Qua is defending and maneuvering. He is retaliating. So anytime one of you inflicts fatigue condition or shifts the claw's balance, he gets to inflict one fatigue on the claw. However, since he has no more fatigue to expend, each fatigue will become a condition. So advancing and attacking. Let's have everybody roll with passion. 
Mm, that is a six. Ooh. Eight. Seven for me. Okay, so as it stands, Rocky gets one technique. Panchen gets two because he is favored. And Amaruk, you can still get one technique if you shift your balance. I will shift my balance one towards loyalty. My friends are all going into this final last strike. I am not going to let them go in alone. Okay. Let's start with Rocky. Oh boy. Is the claw still floating in the air on this geyser? It is still stunned for the time being up in the geyser, yeah. So assuming that Amaruk is going to take action to start moving against the claw, at that point, the geyser will be cut off and the claw will start falling. But for now, it's still stunned in the geyser. Okay. Similar thing to what I did last time. I scoop up those big hands of earth, but this time I'm going to strike it and envelop those hands around it. So like it is in a ball of earth. And I will simply do that strike and force the claw to make the decision to mark two fatigue, mark a condition, or shift its balance. So you're not marking a fatigue and it gets to make the choice? That's right. All right. It is going to shift its balance once in the direction of its principle. And as you shift its balance, Qua looks up from the ceiling where he still is, and seeing that you've enveloped it in this stone, just squeezes in even further on the stone to crush it a little bit and inflict one fatigue, which becomes a condition because he has no fatigue left. And the claw is feeling angry. Let's go to Amaruk next. I see this ball form. I see it tighten and I drop the geyser and I pull all the water in the room back towards me and I'm gonna use tag team. So Pan Chen, whatever he does will be doubled. And I will explain how that happens once it happens. <laughs> okay, so Pan Chen, what would you like to do? So um, I was thinking as Rocky launches me off of the roof, I'm going to bring a hand down and as I get launched, bring a sword out of the ceiling with me, just kind of draw it out of the ground. And then my thought was that I would do kind of a half flip in the air and knock this thing with my sword. Since it's encased in rock, uh, Amaruk, do you want to take the first strike to take care of that rock and then I'll sort of baseball bat smack this thing off to the side? So I spend one fatigue. I'm choosing that it will take two fatigue and then his tag team will double that, I believe. And then Qua will also retaliate, dealing an extra fatigue. Okay, so the three of us combined are about to do five fatigue. So yeah, I'm coming in, my plan is sort of baseball bat style, knock it out of the bullpen, knock it out of the bullpen ballpark um, <laughs> with my sword. Can you tell I'm a sports fan? <laughs> so um, I can see his sword, I can see the arc it's going to make. And I am going to take water and use it as a blade. And this rock that has been encased and then condensed, I'm just going to slice it in half cleanly. The opposite of the way he's going to cut so that we can just cut this thing into an X. Beautiful. Okay. You go in there, slice through. The two halves of the boulder go flying off in opposite directions. And I come in for, like he said, from the other direction, perpendicular with my swing. And you smack it as hard as you can, and it goes flying straight towards the wall. And with those four fatigue, which all become translated into conditions because he has no four fatigue, he is now feeling angry, foolish, guilty, and insecure all at the same time, marking all five of his conditions. And as it goes flying through the air, Qua opens up a little hole in the wall and the hand goes straight into it and he closes it so that it's just the empty socket sticking out. And you see that spirit light in the socket of the arm shivering and shaking and it pops out of the socket and goes flying off down into the ravine far, far below you. Ooh. Wow. That was some powerful teamwork, guys. Holy cow, you guys are amazing! I, I wasn't expecting to find something like that around here. And Qua approaches the claw and he says, mm, This is troubling. It seems that the Avatar, in going about the world, committing all of these actions, has perhaps left some loose ends between this world and the spirit world. You see, the Avatar is the bridge between the two worlds. And after not having had an Avatar for such a long time, it seems this physical realm was not prepared to be torn apart so quickly. I would recommend you take this claw back to the Avatar. I don't know that the spirit is fully finished with its business yet. It might come back, and who knows what other loose ends the Avatar has left behind him. 
Well, I think that will definitely take your advice, because if there are more of those things floating around in the world, we, I mean, we handled ourselves relatively well, I think, but I can't imagine what would happen if just an innocent village were to happen upon something like that. We definitely need someone to be on top of this. And now that you have removed this threat from the Western Air Temple, I can resume my rebuilding efforts without impediment. Thank you very much for your help today, friends. I'm going to go over and encase the claw completely in rock and sort of draw it out of the wall with my bending so that it's in sort of this perfect diamond-shaped cut of rock that inside of the rock is the arm completely encased. And I'm going to pick that up to take it with us. And as you all head back towards Avatar Aang with your report of the new things that have happened here, that is where we're going to conclude today's adventure in the world of Avatar Legends. Wow. Nice. Good fighting, guys. Man, that was good. That was awesome. I almost lost my cool. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, he was going to test your balance if you didn't take him out. Oh, man. That would have been no good. Yeah, I figured that's what was coming, so I was like, we got to get this guy gone. <laughs> I have a real bad habit of being a TTRPG masochist and wanting to see the worst <laughs> things that can happen, so <laughs> I almost did it on purpose. I thought you were going to, to be honest. I was waiting for you to fall into the sun holding on to that arm. Yeah. <laughs> That was some good stuff. I am stoked about how this turned out, and I hope that you, the listener, are stoked as well. Thank you for listening to Improv Tabletop, and we won't be back with another Avatar one-shot anytime in the near future, but we will be back at the beginning of 2022 with an entire campaign. So if you want more, go ahead and subscribe, maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as Caleb is excited to begin this new campaign if you would give us a positive review on the podcatcher of your choice. I am squealing like a little girl on the inside, you guys. This is I am so excited. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop, where you can follow not only our Avatar content, but also our Fate content. So if you'd like to reach out to us, then that's where you can find us. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all over the place. Let's do a round of plugs. So we do have our Fate campaigns that we're going to be doing every other week interspersed with our Avatar campaign moving forward. We've got our sister podcast, I Cast Fireball, which is a D&D 5e actual play. So we have no shortage of stuff for you guys to listen to if you want more actual play content. But also, I would like to plug, again, the Avatar comics. Uh, that is where the Air Acolytes originated. At the very end of The Promise, that trilogy, you see the Avatar Aang fan club turn into the Air Acolytes. And then in the trilogy, The Rift, you start to see more stuff going on with the Air Acolytes. So there's a lot of cool stuff to be found in the comics. Check those out. Evan, is there anything that you would like to plug? You know, it's been a, uh, this should release right after Christmas. I hope everyone had a good Christmas. If you, like many, have received any sort of new way of playing video games, whether that be a computer or a console or whatever, I would like to plug co-op gaming. Literally last night, my wife and I found a new game. Don't want to get too corporate-y on this. The one we found is called Totally Reliable Delivery Service. <laughs> it is a blast to sit down with another human being, whether it be significant other or friend, pop up in a game on the same couch is kind of specifically what I'm plugging. Uh, if you can find the uh, time and the friend to do it with, because it's something I haven't done since I was a little kid, but to have me and my wife and us both have a controller and just be like falling off the couch laughing, playing a game together is like, it's a good old time. And uh, I have done it since I'm a little kid and there's a lot of good games out there. Um, so it's better time than ever. Uh, if you've got a Switch especially, there's a lot of great games on there. You can uh, play with friends and loved ones and don't sleep on it. It's a good way to connect with other people in this future of technology. Right on. Christian, you got anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, I would like to plug daydreaming and creativity in general. Um, if you haven't just sat at your desk and stared out the window for a good 20, 30 minutes, letting your mind wander, I think that counts as a kind of meditation. And for me, it is great. It is something that I know I need to do more. And I just think that living in your imagination for a few minutes every day is something that we could all do a little bit more. So I'm plugging daydreaming today. Agreed. Right on. And Caleb, is there anything that you would like to plug? 
she's been plugged before, I would like to plug Sammy Swan Illustrations. She's amazing. I have had her do many character art commissions now, and she has been incredible at working with me and my incredibly specific requests for artwork, and it's been absolutely incredible to see those pieces come to life. I've got one that she just finished that I'll be dropping soon once we get closer to our Avatar campaign that has to do with that, so I'm very excited. And that's the other thing I want to plug, is just the full-on Avatar campaign I'm so stoked. No joke. I have been harassing Ned for months with how excited I am for this to happen. And I think it's going to be a really great story. Obviously, we don't know all of where it's going to go, but I am so stoked. Please give that a listen. Please share it with your friends because I think it's good stuff. Indeed. Well, thanks everybody so much for joining us here in the world of Avatar Legends. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... Evan Peterson, your, uh, what's a word that means losing your mind that starts with an E? Egomaniacal? Your egomaniacal earthbender. (laughs) (laughs) Christian Randall, your backup best friend. Kayla Banderton, incredibly excited. Much love and stuff. We'll catch you next week on Improv Tabletop. Bye! Sparky, Sparky, Boom Man. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, that during a Combustion Man's quote-unquote death scene where he does like the point-blank explosion, the building falls down. You don't see his body, but you do see his metal arm go flying off down into the canyon. Whoa, <laughs> I like it. This is fun.